So let's go ahead and um, let's kind of continue. Um, unless somebody does somebody have a question? Anybody have a question or anything this morning? Um, if you have a question, feel free to go ahead and answer, ask it. Um, if not, we're going to kind of continue what we've been looking at the past past couple weeks. But um, anybody have a question? Or maybe something that we've gone over the past couple weeks that maybe needs a little bit more clarification or something before we, before we move on to some. You guys got it all figured out? My goodness, you guys need to teach this in. <laughs> all right. Okay. So a couple weeks ago, we started looking at this, uh, this question about the second coming. And after uh, Jesus Christ uh, takes the church out, the rapture, um, then what happens to those who are left behind? Can those who are left behind, um, can they be saved, right? And the answer to that question is yes and no, right? Yes, those can be, there are those that can be saved who have not heard the gospel, right? No to those who have heard it now and rejected the gospel, right? Uh, there in Second Thessalonians, Second uh, Thessalonians chapter two. Second um, Thessalonians chapter two. In verse number ten, he says, "And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness and them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved." So they have heard the gospel, they've heard the truth but they chose not to receive it. They, they rejected it, right? And God says in verse number 11, And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned, who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness, right? So again, we were kind of working our way backwards in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. He starts at the end uh, talking about the day of Christ, when Christ is going to rule and reign on the earth, Right, That's kind of at the beginning of chapter 2. And then we see in the middle of chapter 2 when um, uh, the Antichrist enters into the temple, tries to declare himself to be God. At the same time in heaven, the devil uh, tries to enter into heaven and overthrow God. We saw that in Revelation. And the devil is kicked out. The devil is no longer allowed to come back. And then that's when um, the devil just really goes after Israel, and there's the judgment there, and all that takes place at the three-and-a-half-year mark. And then at the beginning, at the beginning of the seven years, is when you have the, the Antichrist. And he makes that peace treaty uh, with Israel uh, for, for seven years. The peace treaty is for seven years, but he doesn't uphold it. He only lasts three-and-a-half years. Okay, um, And so what we're looking at here in verse number 8, or at verses number 10, 11, and 12, is what's happening... At the beginning, when the wicked one, which is the Antichrist, verse number 8, and then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. So he's talking about the Antichrist, and we know that at the end of the tribulation, Jesus Christ is going to, uh, the Antichrist, the false prophet, uh, Jesus Christ is going to defeat them. They're going to be cast into the lake of fire, um, and then you have the millennial reign, right? But he's talking about when that wicked is going to be revealed, right? The Antichrist will be revealed. 
even whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, right? So this is who he is. And then when the Antichrist hap- when the Antichrist is being revealed, when the church is raptured, taken out, and the Antichrist is revealed, then he says, those who have uh, not received the truth, okay? So once the church is taken out and the Antichrist is revealed, he says, those that who have rejected the truth, in other words, they've heard the truth, they had someone uh, either share the gospel with them, or maybe they sat in a church service and they heard the gospel message that salvation is only by Jesus Christ and it's not by anything else, right? And they said, no, I'm not going to believe that. I'm just going to go ahead and keep doing what I want to do. I'm going to follow my religion, or I'm just going to follow what feels good to me, right? And God says, those people, when they enter the tribulation after the Antichrist is revealed, they will not be able to be saved, Okay? because they had an opportunity and they rejected. Okay? And, and again, here's, here's the thing we have to understand. Right? Um, we, we don't work on God's timetable. Right? I mean, we, we try to work on our own. Right? We try to say, this is when we want things done. That's why when we pray, we expect God to answer it when? Now. Right? We want it right now. But we have to understand, God's timetable is very different than ours. Okay? Um, and God has, um, God has showed grace and God has showed grace and God has showed grace and God has given opportunity after opportunity. But finally God says it's over enough's enough, right? Um, you think about it, even with, uh, Noah, uh, Noah builds this ark and Noah is the Bible says Noah was a preacher of righteousness. And what's he trying to do? He's trying to say, Hey, judgment is coming. Judgment's coming. If you get into the ark, you'll be saved. Get into the ark, you'll be saved. Judgment's coming. Well, what happened? I mean, for years and years and years, Noah's preaching righteousness and Noah's building this ark and, and all these things are happening. And, uh, and what happens? God says, all right, Noah, it's time for you and your family to come in. The animals are in. You're going to be in. Anybody else going to come? Nobody else comes. And finally, God says what? All right, it's time to shut the door. God shuts the door. And what happens? It starts raining. It starts raining and the floods start coming. Well, what happened to the, all those people that rejected? They died. They died. They had an opportunity, but they said, no, Noah's, he's a nut. He's crazy. You know, we're not going to listen to this. And God said, all right, your time's up. Okay. And the same thing, God says, look, he is this, this age of grace that we are living in right now, what is called the church age, God is showing grace, and he is allowing the gospel to be given out, and uh, people are able to hear the gospel, and God says, all right, if, if you've heard the gospel, if you've heard this, the truth, right, they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved, then God says, all right, by the time when this happens, it's over, it's over, Okay. Um, and those that are in the tribulation or excuse me, those that enter the tribulation that have not, um, heard the gospel, they can be saved and many will be saved in the tribulation period. Okay. But those who have rejected Christ, God says they won't be able to be saved. God will send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. They're going to believe that the Antichrist really is who he says. He's going, to, he's going to make himself out to be the Messiah, Jesus Christ, and they're going to believe him, right? And he says that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So God says, I gave you an opportunity. You rejected it. Time's done. 
right? Um, and so there are those who can be saved in the tribulation, and many will be saved in the tribulation. I mean, you read the book of Revelation, many people are going to be saved in the tribulation, okay? Um, and, uh, but at the same time, there's many who have heard the gospel, and then they've said, no, I'm just going to, you know, um, and maybe, maybe when you heard the gospel, maybe you kind of believe this lie at the beginning. You've got plenty of time. You don't need to get saved right now. You don't, you don't need to do that now. You've got plenty of time. Well, why does the devil want us to believe that? Because he knows there's coming a time when it's not going to be time, right? And he just tries to make people think, oh, you've got plenty of time. You've got plenty of time, you know? Um, no, we don't, right? Um, and so there are those that will be saved. So, and, and this really kind of was the question. Um, so what is, the, what is the urgency to get the gospel out today? Right. Um, well, I think as we see, because there are people that can be saved in the tribulation period, we could say, well, if they can still be saved, then why do we need to get the gospel out? If there's people that are still going to be able to be saved in the tribulation, why is it so important to tell other people about Jesus? I mean, if they can still be saved in the tribulation period, does it really make a difference then? What would we say? Miss Janet? Absolutely. They're not guaranteed an opportunity in the tribulation, right? We just think, well, they, they could get saved, in, but they're, yeah, what if, what if they die tomorrow? Or next week? Or next month? They're not guaranteed an opportunity in the tribulation period, Right? So that's one reason they're not guaranteed an opportunity in the tribulation period. What would be another reason? Matt? We're commanded to go, right? Jesus said we are to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So we're, we're commanded to go. They're not guaranteed an opportunity in the tribulation period, right? But what's, what would be something else? What would be another reason why we have this urgency to, to go? Yes, ma'am. Sarah? There we go. You think about all that's going to happen during the tribulation period, right? Not just the last three and a half years where the devil gets really mad and, and he's, but you think about the first three and a half years and all the death and everything that's happening. I mean, go, go, to, go to the book of Revelation, right? A lot of times we just think it's the last three and a half years where, where things are bad. Um, no, 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 not, not at all. Um, Look in Revelation chapter 6. Again, this is, just, this is just kind of at the beginning, right? In Revelation chapter 6, you have the, uh, the book that has the seven seals on it. And one of the seals um, in verse number 2, And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. What, what is that? What is conquering and to conquer? What is that? What? War. What happens in war? People die. People die in war, right? Uh, the second seal, right? And there went out another horse, verse 4, that had, uh, was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. So again, you have death. You have death taking place, right? 
uh, in verse number six, the third seal. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, a measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny. See, thou hurt not the oil and the wine. What, what's happening here? Famine. There's famine happening. Again, you think about what happens in war. Destruction, devastation, famines are going to be happening, right? Um, the fourth seal uh, in verse number seven and eight, I looked and behold uh, a pale horse and his name that sat on him was death. Well, that ought to tell you something right there, right? And hell followed with him and power was given unto him over the fourth part of the earth. The fourth part of the earth. To do what? To kill with the sword and with hunger and with death and with the beasts of the earth. You understand? He just said in that one verse, a quarter of the world's population is going to die. That's not counting the other three that we just read too. Just in the fourth seal, a quarter of the world's population is going to die because of all of this. Why would we want anybody to go through that? We would, like she said, if we really loved people, we wouldn't want them to go through that, right? We don't want them to go through all this, this destruction and death and everything that's going to happen. But that's what's going to happen to those that do not know Christ as their Savior. They're going to go through these things, right? I mean, you have the fifth seal, right? The sixth seal. Notice at the end of, uh, we don't have time to read all of this, um, and uh, look down in verse number 15. And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and the rocks and the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb for the great day of his wrath is come and who shall be able to stand? That, that's really what we, you know. Well, we're not going to tell them about Jesus because they'll have an opportunity to be saved in the tribulation. Really? They're not guaranteed that opportunity. And many will not. Many will. It's not just those that have rejected Jesus right now, but even many in the tribulation will not accept Jesus. They will follow the Antichrist. So we ought to want to tell them and give them that opportunity now. Not say, well, you know, they'll, you know in the tribulation they can get saved. The odds aren't that great, right? I mean, we've got that much death and everything happening just at the very beginning. The odds aren't the greatest, okay? And so we have an opportunity. It's, it's urgent. That's why it's so important for us to uh, share the gospel and to tell people about Jesus Christ. Yes, there can be people that will get saved in the tribulation. There's no doubt about that, right? But we don't just want to say, well, you know, the gospel will be preached in the tribulation so they can get saved then. No, there's, there's a lot, there's, there's terrible, horrible things that take place in the tribulation time. And, and we shouldn't want anybody to go through that. And that's why even Paul tells us, he says, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. If we know that this is coming, right? And we kind of talked this a little bit last Sunday night. If we really believe that, that this is really going to happen, we really believe that there's a place called hell that people will go to if they die. We, won't, we don't want anybody to go there, right? And we will tell people about Jesus Christ. We, we showed the, the video clip of the atheist that says, you know, I don't respect somebody who says they believe in eternal life, but yet then they won't tell anybody about it. 
How, how, do you, how can you say that you really believe in eternal life? How can you say you really believe that there's a heaven and a hell, and then you don't tell anybody about it? Now, that's, a, that's an atheist, right? That's an atheist saying that, okay? Um, and so as Christians, yes, we are commanded to go. We have a responsibility to go and, and tell and try, to, and try to help people. Yeah, again, not everybody's going to be saved. Not everybody's going to accept Christ. But we still have a responsibility to go and tell them, right? Because they may not make it to the tribulation, right? Uh, we don't know when the tribulation is going to start. We don't know when that's all going to begin. We don't know when the church is going to be taken out. We, we have no idea when those things are going to happen. Now, we can say, oh, it's going to happen soon, right? Um, I'm, I remember when I was a kid, man, uh, when I was like eight, nine years old, Jesus was coming back then. I mean, I didn't think I'd make it to be a teenager. I mean, everybody was, Jesus is coming back soon. We're in the last days. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to miss out on teen activities. <laughs> well, then I made it to a teenager and Jesus is coming back. He's coming back soon. I thought, man, I'm never going to get married. I'm married and got six kids, and one of, the, one of them's about ready to get married. You know, We don't know. We can say, yes, Jesus is coming soon. And is he coming soon? Yes, absolutely. There's no doubt about that, right? Because it's definitely sooner today than it was yesterday. But we don't know if it's going to be in five years. We don't know if it's going to be this year. We don't know if it's going to be in 20 years. We don't know. I mean, we can say, well, look at, this, look at the signs of the times. Look at how horrible everything is. Look, folks, can I tell you, it's always been horrible. There's, there's never been a good time other than in the Garden of Eden at the very beginning. There's never been a good time. I mean, we, we think that all the things that are happening in our society today are all new. It's not new. You, you look at history, you find out these things have happened before, right? I mean, this, all the, the things that we're, we're so shocked about that are happening in our country and everything, these aren't new things. These things have happened before. Right. The other thing, if I could, if I could just say this, try be very careful that you don't that you don't put prophecy and and things like this based on America. <laughs> right? We like, oh, look what's happening in America. Um, America has nothing to do with prophecy. America has nothing to do with what Jesus is going to do. Right? If you want to know, if you really want to know where to look, you got to look at Israel. That's where you ought to be looking. Right? Don't look at America. <laughs> America's we, we don't have anything that we don't have a say in this. Israel does, right? That's what we ought to be watching and paying attention to. Okay? But people are like, oh America, you know, uh, you know, we're America's going downhill, so Jesus must be coming. So Jesus is only concerned about America? That's don't don't build prophecy off of America. Okay. Um, you're not you're not gonna find, you know. You're not going to find that, right? Um, that was free. No, no charge for that one, right? Okay. Um, so, and again, but that's why it's so important that we, we go and tell, right? Anybody have a question or anything about that real quick? About, you know, people getting saved in the tribulation, those who can, those who can't. Um, anybody have a question about that? Why, again, why, why it's so important that we tell the gospel? Yeah, Andy.
you talking about when the, the, at the rapture? Yeah, right here in verses, um, verses 7 through 11, through 12, right? For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. So he's talking about the Holy Spirit is holding back the Antichrist, right? Okay. And then shall that wicked be revealed. So once the Holy Spirit steps aside, the church is taken out, right? Then he says, the wicked shall be revealed. That's the Antichrist, Okay whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. So that's, that's his end. He's going to be destroyed by the Lord. But even him, again, talking about the same wicked one, verse number nine, whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness. So here he's coming as the Antichrist. He's coming, and what's he doing? He's deceiving people, right? He comes as a deceiver, okay? And what's he say? And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness and then that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And the, so again, he's talking about now those that have accept, those that have rejected Christ when they, when they heard it, right? So when you look at what's taking place there between second Thessalonians, between Daniel chapter nine with the seven year uh, tribulation period and then Re- and revelation, you, when you look at all those, you, there's a seven year time period. Okay, the beginning of that seven years is marked by the rapture of the church and the the antichrist. Okay, that's why when you look in Revelation, in Revelation chapter one, two, and three, what do we find? The church. The church is there. Revelations one, two, and three is all about the church. Well, then Revelations four begins the tribulation period. Well, what do we not see after Revelation chapter four? The church, right? Because the church isn't there anymore. Okay, why? Why isn't the church there? I mean, I know we're, we're talking about the rapture, but why isn't the church there in the tribulation period? Why? Yes, but why isn't the church there in the tribulation period? Naomi? There we go. Because God now is dealing with Israel. The tribulation has nothing to do with the church. All the way back in Daniel chapter 9, he says, These 70 weeks are appointed unto thy people. The tribulation has to do with Israel. That's why I just said, don't look at America, look at who? Israel. Because that's what the tribulation has to do with, right? God is not finished with Israel yet, okay? And what we begin, what you begin seeing happen is at the end, when God is finished dealing with a group of people, there's a, a specific event that takes place. If you've been in uh, my dad's prophecy class, or if you've heard me teach on this, I think you'll, you'll know. When God is finished with a specific group of people, there's an event that takes place. What is that event that takes place? No. There's a special event that takes place at the end of when God is dealing with different groups of people. Anybody? 
It's called the resurrection. The resurrection, right? When we talk about the rapture of the church and the resurrection of the saints, guess who we're not talking about? We're not talking about Israel. The Old Testament saints are not going to be resurrected when the church is raptured and when the Old Test- or when New Testament saints are resurrected. Do you know why they're not going to be resurrected? Because God's not finished with Israel. Right? That's why there is the rapture and the resurrection of the New Testament saints at the beginning of the tribulation. Then at the end of the tribulation, guess what we find again? A resurrection. Resurrection of who? The Old Testament saints now are resurrected. Why? Because now God is finished dealing with Israel. Right? Then what do we find at the end of the millennium? At the end of the millennium, guess what? There is another resurrection. Guess who this resurrection is for? All the dead. All of those who've rejected Christ. Now, why aren't those who have rejected Christ who are in hell, right? Why aren't they resurrected when the believers are resurrected? At the rapture. Because God's not finished with the unbelievers. Why aren't they resurrected when the Old Testament believers are resurrected? Because God's not finished with the unbelievers. Because there's still going to be unbelievers even in the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. And that's why at the end of the millennial reign of Jesus Christ, guess what happens? Satan is loose for a short period of time. What does he do? He deceives the nations again. Even though Jesus Christ is right there on the earth. People say, well, if I'd see Jesus, I'd believe. Hmm? Jesus walked for 33 and a half years on the earth, and a lot of people didn't believe. Jesus is going to be on the earth as the Son of God for a thousand years, and people are not going to believe. So what happens? At the end of the millennial reign, God brings judgment. Now that is when the devil is cast into the lake of fire, and then you have the great white throne judgment. That's now when all unbelievers, all unbelievers are now resurrected, and they stand before God at the great white throne judgment. And then they are cast into the lake of fire. Right? So God... There's, there's a significant event that takes place whenever God is finished dealing with a group of people. The New Testament saints, the resurrection and the rapture of the church, right? The Old Testament saints, there is going to be a resurrection. The Old Testament and New Testament saints aren't resurrected at the same time because God is still dealing with Israel in the tribulation period. And then... The Old Testament saints are resurrected after God is finished dealing with Israel. And then at the end of the millennium, there's, the other, there's another resurrection of all the dead. The Bible says that all those that are in hell are brought out of hell and they're going to stand before God. And that's where they're going to be judged and then cast into the lake of fire. Right? So, so understand, the, the tribulation has nothing to do with the church. Nothing. We're not going to be here, okay, because we have been resurrected. Again, think about what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, right? In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, he said, I would not, in verse number 13, 
I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which also sleep in Jesus. Okay, now who is those that sleep in Jesus? What believers? What believers are those who sleep in Jesus? New Testament saints. Those are not Old Testament saints. Those who sleep in Jesus are not Old Testament saints. The Old Testament saints didn't know who Jesus was. Now, they knew a Messiah was coming, but they didn't know who it was going to be, right? It is only the New Testament believers who are asleep in Jesus, not Old Testament saints. That's only New Testament saints. So this resurrection, this that he's talking about here, is only dealing with New Testament saints, okay? And this is what he says. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him... For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ. Again, these are important phrases here. The dead in Christ. That's New Testament believers. New Testament. Not Old Testament. New Testament. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. So again, there's, there's a specific reference here. This is not when Jesus comes physically to the earth to set up his kingdom. This is when Jesus simply comes in the clouds and we are caught up together with those who have died in Christ, right? They are resurrected Right? Why do they need to be resurrected? To get their new body, right? Now, they are coming, think about it, they're coming with the Lord in the air, but they're being resurrected. They're coming with the Lord in the air, but they're being resurrected. Because the body has to be resurrected. Remember, we are made in three parts. What are the three parts? Spirit, soul, body, right? When a person dies, okay, they don't cease to exist. They don't just all of a sudden, they're just not anywhere now. No, no. Their body is still here, but what happens? Their spirit and their soul either are in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ if they're saved or they're in hell if they're lost. Okay? That's what the Bible tells us. So at the, re- at the rapture, the resurrection of the New Testament saints, right? What's happening? If Jesus Christ were to come back today, we don't have to be resurrected. Why don't we have to be resurrected? We're not dead. We're still alive, right? We're not dead. It is only those who are dead that need to be resurrected because they're separated from their body. And what's going to happen? They're going to be resurrected and God's going to give them a new body. They're going to be reunited. Our bodies simply just change, right? Go to 1 Corinthians with me, okay? First Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 51. What does Paul say? Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Now, again, who is Paul talking to? He's talking to New Testament believers. New Testament believers. He's not talking to Old Testament, Old Testament saints. New Testament believers. 
We shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump for the trump shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed, right? So the dead, their body is going to be raised and they're going to be given a glorified body reunited with their spirit and soul. Those of us who are alive, we're just changed because we haven't died. We haven't been separated from our body, right? We don't need to be resurrected. We just need to be changed. Okay, so we shall be changed for this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. Right. And that's really if you go back and read all before um, chapter 15, it's talking about the resurrection. Right. Go back to verse number uh, 12. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some of you that there is no resurrection of the dead. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, you are yet in your sins. He says, if there's, if, if there's no resurrection, that means Christ didn't rise from the grave. And if Christ didn't rise from the grave, what do we have to look forward to? Nothing. But watch what he says in verse number 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept? For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. Right? He says, but Jesus Christ did rise from the grave. And so we know because he did rise from the grave, we that are dead in Christ will be resurrected. Right? We're going to be resurrected. Guess, guess who is going to be resurrected at the rapture when Jesus Christ comes? Who's writing this? Where is Paul today? He's dead. His body is dead. His spirit and his soul are in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ. So guess what happens? One day, when, if Jesus Christ were to come back today, Paul is going to come with the Lord Jesus Christ. His body is going to be resurrected and changed, right? And then we, we just get to be changed. Because we're not dead, Right? He said, there are those that are going to be resurrected and they will get that glorified body. But those of us who are still alive, we're just going to be changed. We're going to be raptured out and changed. Then again, think about what he said back in Thessalonians and we'll be, um, then shall we, which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with the Lord in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord, right? So then when we are taken out, right? Where the church is taken out, those who, the New Testament saints, that's us, New Testament saints, we're taken out, then we're with the Lord Jesus Christ, okay? There are things happening in heaven during that tribulation time while things are taking place on the earth, okay? You have the, uh, the judgment seat of Christ taking place in heaven that is just for believers. You have the marriage of the, the lamb taking place in heaven just for believers. Why? Who is the bride, the church. Is Israel the bride? No. Israel's not the bride. Israel is not going to be at the judgment seat of Christ. Israel is not at the marriage. They're, they're there, but they're just observing, right? But they're not part of the bride. Even John the Baptist said this, right? John the Baptist. We say, wait a minute. I thought we read about John the Baptist in the New Testament. We read about John the Baptist in the New Testament books, but John the Baptist is an Old Testament saint. When does the New Testament begin? 
the New Testament does not begin at the birth of Jesus Christ. Now, that's when the New Testament books begin, right? But the New Testament does not begin at the birth of Jesus Christ. When does the New Testament begin? At his death, burial, and resurrection, right? That's why even the thief on the cross, right? The thief on the cross. Guess what the thief on the cross was? He's an Old Testament saint, right? That's why he says to the thief on the cross, this day thou shalt be with me in paradise. He didn't say heaven. He said paradise, okay? Paradise. So now after the death, burial, and resurrection, now anyone that dies in Christ is a New Testament saint. And now when we die, where do we go immediately when we take our last breath? We go to heaven to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I see I've just like really confused some of you. <laughs> All right? All right, well, if you're confused right now, I want you to write down what it is you're confused about, okay? Because our time is over, right? So write down what it is you're confused about, and then either shoot me a text or an email or something, and we'll continue going through this next week, all right? There's some other things we want to get to as well. We just didn't have time this morning. But uh, I'm telling you, this is, this is good. I, I, I love this. This is important because it helps us to understand why, again, why it's important that we get the gospel to people um, and understand what's going to happen. And here's the thing. The tribulation is not something that you and I as Christians that we have to worry about because we're not going to be there. But we still have to worry about it because others are going to be there. We don't have to worry about it personally because we're not going to be there. But we do have to worry about it because many others are going to go through that. That, it, that if they don't know Christ as their Savior, that's where they're going to go through. And so that's why we need to get the gospel and try to help people understand so they can be saved so they don't have to go through that as well. Right? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask you to just bless, Lord, in our service to follow. Um, Lord, just thank you that we can just study your word together. And Lord, just give us wisdom and understanding through it, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Again, if you can, try to sit close together, try to move closer to the front so we make sure we have room for everybody to get in.